podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end, recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late-round quarterback, and as always, I am joined by my lovely, lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, buddy? I'm uh, nothing much. I will say that I am doing well, and I think you are too, after what could be, what actually was, the greatest week in LTS history. But before we get to that, I would like to share with you real quick and the listeners about I, I, I like to share a shameful dad experience that I just had before the show. Let's hear this. This is this mind. is the first time that I've heard this guy. So Denny could could say something yeah. really inappropriate, and I would have no idea. Yeah, and I want to say I actually want to say, um, you know, it, there there is some cursing in this uh, in this story, which makes it shameful. Uh, that's the shameful part. Okay, so so here we go. So cover your kids' ears. Um, so I'm I. Uh, I'm giving my daughter a bath, or, or I'm I'm walking to to the bathtub uh, to to put her in, and I for some reason I like spin myself around, and my elbow crushes the door frame of the bathroom. I mean, full on, just just kills my my elbow, just uh, hits this as hard as possible. My arm goes numb. It's like that mix of like numb pain because your yeah. funny bone has yeah. been destroyed. It actually still hurts at this moment as I'm talking. Wow! And look at you! I look mean, at you playing with a questionable tag or recording so I, recording yeah. with the Q tag. Yeah, no, I'm not like you. I don't I don't sit out with a butt injury. Okay, <laughs> I, I play I play through this, um, and uh, and so I hit my elbow and immediately I blurt out shit. Okay, I mean just as loud as I can, and my daughter. 15 months old, she's picking up some language. Oh man. You know, she's she's repeating stuff. So, I say that and immediately she looks at me. She goes, "Shit." Oh shit, my god. Shit, shit. And I was like, "Oh." And and I, I so I'm I'm horrified by this development, so I go, "Shit." <laughs> <laughs> because she's saying it and then she looked at me, she laughs and she was like, "Shit, shit, shit." I was like, "Oh my god, this is unbelievable." She's like, "Oh god." Oh God! Oh God! I, uh, okay, I just need to stop talking at this yeah, point. So. You need to stop talking completely. Anyway, I've taken a vow of silence in my household for the next uh, week because I've taught my daughter to curse, and that's my shame, shameful moment for today. That's uh, that's the same thing that I said on Thursday when Rex Burkhead got the start but was taken out of the game every time they got to the freaking goal line. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it seems that people were fixated on the Burkhead situation more so than all the other great picks that I, were. I, I don't. I don't know. Look, I'm. I, I say this on my podcast all the time. I say this. This is this is the way you should approach life. You're gonna get things wrong, right? Mm-hmm. In a game where we're trying to be better than than half half right. I mean, we're we're trying to be like fifty five percent correct in in certain instances. This this week one from a hashtag brand standpoint could really not have gone any better. No, I, I don't know how in that same game. So Thursday night happens. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Thursday night happens. <laughs> I go to Twitter and I say, 
I would play Rex Burkhead over Mike Gillisley. But, and I, I made a note, guys, make sure you know that Rex Burkhead is a very high variance play. That's what mm-hmm. I said. And yet, when Rex Burkhead doesn't do anything, my mentions were just, were, were, they were flamboyant. I had flamboyant <laughs> mentions on Thursday. It was out of control. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Denny, the guy, one of the guys that I loved so much throughout the summer, Kareem mother effing Hunt, goes ham. Just goes, just, he, he breaks a rookie record for right. most yards from scrimmage in his first game. Right. Silence. Well, not really silence. I mean, some people, I mean, it was, you know, look, I don't want to, I don't want to make this that big of a deal, but it's just in that moment, while all yeah. of that was going on, I had the realization the, the true realization football is back. This is the way human beings work. It sucks. This is part of the gig. I get it, but my God. And then like on over the weekend, Andy Dalton craps the bed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Someone's someone hits me up. Are you going to, de- are you going to delete your account? after today because Andy Dalton did so poorly and I respond and I'm guys in my start sit column Andy Dalton was a sit I told you not I told you not to play Andy Dalton he was a bad play an objectively bad week one play yeah he we we talked about it on this show we talked about it plenty now Carson Palmer did not perform well I get that but I'm not going to delete my account after one bad play like could you imagine that could you imagine that if, if if Nick Foles didn't take down the account, then nothing will. Yeah, exactly, one. exactly. And 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 secondly, um, you it, it would be one thing with Dalton if you had I don't know hemmed and hawed about like uh, maybe you start him in a deep league, but maybe not. But I don't know. But no, but you said no. He's he's a bad play. I like these guys over him. And 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 when people played him and then got zero points or whatever he scored. Then they they got mad online, and that makes no sense to me. It's just it's incredible. And then obviously the biggest thing that happened for me this weekend um, was was Babytron. Yeah, I, I mean, well, Hunt and Babytron going nuclear in their first games is just I I I was having trouble like getting my mind around it because <laughs> because you know it's not often that your two your two guys whoever we're talking about. Uh, go crazy week one, you know, for it's week six or 10 or whatever. And you're like, see, that's what I was seeing in, right. in this player. But week one where Hunt goes full Barry Sanders and now Calvin Johnson is baby Tron and Gall- Galladay is you're damn Megatron. right. You're damn right. So, Calvin Johnson's baby. So con- I want to say congratulations. And you, you deserve to peacock big time on, on those picks. Look, and look, I'm not bringing this up because like, I need the, the, the love from the audience or from you. There are going to be people that, that read one recommendation and I get it wrong. And then they think that I suck and I do suck. So that's fine. But it's just like, like it's, it's an unbelievable, like if you guys sit in, in my shoes or Denny's shoes and you see some of the mentions that we get and, and look, oh. it's not like I'm, I'm not even sitting here saying that we have these massive followings and that we get all these mentions, but like the kinds of things that people are saying and I can't imagine like an Evan Silva on a Sunday or something like that. It, it, it's yeah. the, the kind of mentions that I get based on something that either I didn't even say or recommend or, mm-hmm. or based on a 13th round pick in Rex Burkhead, who I called a high variance play. You know, 
it, it, it really reveals the way that human being not not that humanity is terrible. I'm not saying that, although humanity is generally terrible. It's just that <laughs> it's just that that's the way that human beings work. And you can just see that negativity bias constantly with fantasy football. I, I think that, that maybe more than a negativity bias, I think it's that people uh, and this is proven through, you know, hashtag science that people hate losing much, much more than they love winning. Right. And so when they win, there's a sense of when you win, when I win, there's a sense of relief. You know, you can breathe easy. Almost an expectation. Uh, It's like, yeah, it's like, thank God I didn't lose. That's, that's the, that's the feeling you get. And then when you lose, it's the end of the world. So, so really it's an avoidance of losing rather than a pursuit of winning. So when people do notch that L, okay, which we all do in in this game and, and, and like you said, in life, then you come for you come for someone's scalp. You come for someone's head because you're mad. So I had I had someone in my mentions talking about Andy Dalton and how I got that wrong because I touted Andy Dalton as a season long play when I told everyone to not play him last week. Meanwhile, I'm sitting on my couch and when Kenny Galladay caught that pass, I got off I got up off my couch and my soul left my body and then my soul took off its pants and just threw it on the ground and my soul my soul was pantsless when Kenny Galladay caught that i believe it and this is an amazing uh visual for me in my in my head right now <laughs> yeah and by the way i think the best thing that happened all weekend long did you see, did you see Kenny Galladay's final yardage total um was it did it happen to be 1 yard less than 70 <laughs> it might be a very very nice yardage total Hmm, 69. Very nice. Uh, there was somebody else with 69 yards this week. I, I had my whole my mentions were full of it. Uh, thank you guys for alerting me. I, I don't know what I would do without you. <laughs> those are those are Denny's mentions on Sunday. People making sure that that I I love the people that like screenshot tweets when they get 69 favor or likes or favorites yeah. on and like 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 they're like uh-huh. make sure that you knew that this was that you know I had I had a tweet that got 80 likes, but just make sure that you knew it had 69 yeah. at one point. Oh yeah, no, that, that's great. Also, I want to say about about my mentions that I appreciate that I have alienated enough people so that on Sunday mornings the only mentions I get are kicker questions. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else. It's great. It's great. I'm envious. All right, Denny. Well, we're gonna get into week two streamers. Before we do that, if you guys are new to the show, uh, we look back at what we did in week one, and like we said, we freaking we kind of crushed it. Uh, it was kind of crazy. You know, look. Okay. We, we want like a 60-70% hit rate with these streamers. It's generally, you know, I'd, I'd say that's about what we're looking for. Hit rate as in like super usable. Uh, hopefully they didn't derail your team. And even mm-hmm. Carson Palmer this week, you know, he finished with nine fantasy points. He was like QB 21. But player, you know, owners who spent at the quarterback position, like at Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers didn't have that great of a game. Russell Wilson certainly didn't mm-hmm. have a good game. Drew Brees didn't have a great game. All of those quarterbacks, I mean, it's not like you lost at the quarterback position this week. This week, Carson Palmer, though, one of our shallow plays last week, only scored nine points. But otherwise, you had Sam Bradford, who was QB3 on the week. He had 25.54 points. Deshaun Kaiser, who was Denny's boy last week, had over 18 fantasy points, almost 19 fantasy points. The idea of Jared Goff. <laughs> the idea, not, not Jared Goff, but the concept. Go ahead. <laughs> The, the concept of Jared Goff had over 16, had almost 17 fantasy points against the Colts. You know things are going well when we talk about the idea of Jared Goff, and that pans out. It, it is amazing. Uh, I have to say, just before you go on with the picks, 
here's here's what's gratifying for me at least what's gratifying is good process leading to good results that doesn't happen all the time but it's really nice when it does no and what where it really really worked out was that defense like mm-hmm. if it i you know i sent that to, i was nervous as hell actually because i sent that one tweet about people stopped i i was demanding people to stop drafting seattle and minnesota mm-hmm. defenses because seattle got green bay they're on the road minnesota against drew Brees at home but look, both Seattle and Minnesota were fine this week. They didn't they didn't play that poorly. Um, but the notion was you can play defenses by opponent. And with with the landscape the way that it is right now in fan, in, in real football with so mm-hmm. many bad quarterbacks playing, mm-hmm. defenses are going are going to wreck. I mean, it's 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 how it is right now. You had the we had the Rams as a top streamer. They put up 28 fantasy points. I mean, Scott Tolzien like they should have just used T.Y. Hilton at quarterback. Yeah, I mean he's an abomination, and and you know I haven't thought about like the overarching idea of a league brimming with awful quarterbacks and the effect on defensive fantasy performance. I think you're onto something. Yeah, I mean I, I think that right now, given the landscape, that there are ten teams about, let's just say, with just dreadful offenses, mm-hmm. just dreadful, and that gives you five legitimate games each week that you can target with random defenses and we'll talk about those in a second while other people in your league are holding on to teams like Seattle and Minnesota I mean are they really going to play the Minnesota Vikings defense in Pittsburgh this week why in God's name would someone do that over some of you know playing a team uh, we'll get to this team against the Jets it doesn't Mm -hmm. make any sense It's, it's a really obvious thing so we had Los Angeles they scored 28 the Bills uh, in that great matchup, they did pick off Josh McCown twice. They scored nine points. Atlanta was the biggest disappointment this past week. They only scored five points. They were a middle-of-the-road defense because Tariq Cohen is apparently a god. Uh, oh. The Steelers dominated. They had that early defensive touchdown uh, off the block punt. They scored 16. And then we also even threw out the Jaguars as a as a play, and they scored 28 points. I mean, Jacksonville, Jacksonville dominated. They had so yeah. many sacks against Houston. It was crazy. 10 uh, i i mean that houston offense just like at, isn't it the, at the beginning of every year the houston offense doesn't even look like a professional offense right no and then there's people that believe in it you know like 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 the, you know going into last season how could things be any worse than what deandre hopkins had with brian hoyer and then mm-hmm. this season how could things be any worse than what he had with brock osweiler right it it, it took deandre hopkins like 47 targets Actually, he had like a 47% market share to basically, I mean, he scored a touchdown, but like he didn't have that monstrous of a week. I, I'm, I'd be, I'd be worried if you invested within that offense altogether. Uh, he, yeah. Hopkins is looking like the, like typical Hopkins season, like 160 targets and he finishes as wide receiver 23. Right. Yeah. I mean, like he's, he, he'll be fine. He'll be usable, but he's not going to like go nuts. He's not going to be a top five asset. Uh, at tight end, this is the other thing too, guys. Tight end is easily the toughest position to stream. And we had Chucky Clay, who scores mm-hmm. a touchdown. He had 15.3 PPR points. We had we, we mentioned Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper goes ham with two receptions for like 9,000 yards. Yeah, right. And then, and then Kobe Fleener on Monday night gets that late touchdown. And he was, I mean, he had six targets, five receptions. He had a really nice reception down the middle of the field at one point. He looked pretty good in that role. Well, you you mentioned, I mean, I, I complimented your great 
Fleener justification last week with with Willie Sneed being out. And so that's what I'm talking about. I mean, you explain the process for why Kobe Fleener, who everyone hates, including the haters and losers, is it was a good play against the Vikings. And it and it worked out, you know, target wise, reception wise and he was, you know, it was good. He was lucky enough to catch that touchdown at the end, and uh, well, he finished as a top five tight end. Yeah, I mean, all all three of them did. This yeah. is this is why, you know, look, people get upset when we go back to the process for process versus results thing. But I will say that in week one, it's very important for us to get results, just because then people will, will trust the process. That's just the way that humans will naturally work. But at least now, you guys know that this is a very viable thing, especially newer listeners. I mean, there are people that have been somehow mm. listening to us for four years now. I have no idea how their ears are still on their body. But Yeah, they, it's self-hatred, I guess. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really get that. But this is the process, guys. Trust the process. It's going to work out. All right, Denny, we're on to week two. Give us a defensive recommendation. Yeah, well, look. I I could just say that, you know, Team X is playing the Jets and I could just stop there, right? <laughs> At this point. Absolutely. But I should go on. I will go on because the people pay thousands of dollars to listen to this show every week. So um I'm kidding. The uh so the the Raiders are six percent owned in ESPN leagues. Um and the the Jets are on the road two almost two touchdown underdogs against Oakland um so they will be once again unless something goes haywire the Jets will be awash in negative game script that will make them a one-dimensional offense and get the ball in the air early and often in predictable passing situations so hence the Raiders are to me easily the top streamer of the week um and uh, I would take them over any of the teams that we're going to mention uh, now. And I can't, I'm having trouble thinking of another defense in general across the board that I like more than Oakland. Yeah. Oakland's in a good spot. I, I like the defense that I'm about to talk about. I might like them more. I'll tell you why, uh, but I, I can't fault you for liking Oakland the most. I think like, like the other thing too, is they looked really good in week one against Tennessee. Like, right. The, the defense actually was, was competent, which you don't normally get from, from Oakland from that defense mm. it's not like their personnel is very good um so the defense i want to talk about and like i said i don't necessarily i you know i think that you can make a strong argument that this is like the 1b this week uh to mm. oakland being the 1a uh mm. but it's baltimore uh in week one baltimore they had five sacks they had eight tackles for losses those are both top five numbers they destroyed andy dalton they made andy dalton look like a child yeah, it just he it made it look like Andy Dalton from when he was like really really bad, <laughs> back like like three years ago. <laughs> the worst of Andy Dalton came out in week one. So Baltimore has a really really good defense. Their secondary personnel wise is probably top ten in the league. I don't even think that's debatable. Um, you look at what the Steelers did in week one. So Baltimore plays Cleveland and and they're at home. They're in Baltimore. You look at what the Steelers did in week one. They ended up with seven sacks, and a lot of that had to do with. Deshaun Kaiser holding onto the ball because he loves to look for those big plays. That's mm-hmm. that's Deshaun Kaiser's game. And week one, he threw 10 balls that went 15 more 15 yards in the air or more, which was the second most in, in, the, in the league behind Tom Brady, which is very weird because Tom Brady doesn't usually throw the ball deep. But looking for deep balls against this secondary, this Baltimore Ravens secondary, could be really tough, and it could also lead to a ton of sacks. And so because of that, and the fact that they're seven and a half point favorites, 
I think you have to love Baltimore this week. I think Baltimore has a lot of upside, at least from the sack department and turning. I wouldn't be shocked. Let's say this. I wouldn't be shocked if Deshaun Kaiser fumbles it. I'm going to call it right now. Deshaun Kaiser is going to be sacked, strip sacked, and they're going to return the ball for a touchdown. It's going to happen this week. I can see it in my mind's eye right now. It's going to happen. There's no, there's almost no doubt of that happening. Um, yeah, I, I guess there is an argument for, for Baltimore since they are at home. I, I kind of forgot about that part. So, um, I, I do like Baltimore over our next streamer, which yeah. is yeah. the, the Bucks, uh, defense. Uh, they're at home, uh, against the bears. Uh, they are a seven point home favorite. And, um, you know, the, I guess the, the hope is that, oh, by the way, the Bucks are available in 99% of ESPN leagues. So yeah. they're out there. Um, the, the, the hope is that the Bears won't be able to sort of hide their atrocious passing attack like they did last week uh, in a pretty even game with Atlanta, you know. And, and um, I don't think that that was too hard to see coming. But, um, but you know, I, I, I think, you know, being on the road now, the Bears are on the road against Tampa um, you know, Vegas has the the total pretty low for the game, and the Bucks being seven point favorites, I I like them a lot, but I don't like them nearly as much as the as the Raiders and then the uh, Ravens. The other thing to note about the Ravens that I forgot to say, they get Jacksonville next week. Oh man! So you might get a a double dip there if you're able to get them off the wire. So maybe maybe that's the tiebreaker if you if you're looking between Oakland and Baltimore. Maybe it's maybe it's Baltimore from a game theory standpoint. Yeah, I mean, and and by the way, you can always, especially if you have a deep bench or whatever, you, you can look ahead and say, you know, who are the Jets playing? Who are the Texans yeah. playing? Who are the Jaguars playing? You know, and 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 get ahead of the game, especially if you know that you know four or six or eight of your league mates are are streaming defenses. Yeah. All right, Denny, we've got a handful of quarterbacks to talk about this week as well. We do. Do you want to start? Or should I? You can go ahead. All right. Well, I'm going to tackle mine. My, both of my uh, quarterback streamers at once because okay. they're playing against each other. Uh, Carson Wentz and Alex Jesus Smith, who is the quarterback one in fantasy football. Yeah, it's QB one. Yeah, and that's going to stay. It's going to stay that way till till the end. Um, just watch the so the the Chiefs Eagles game has a uh, a sneaky high Vegas total of forty seven and a half, which is uh, at least as of this afternoon was the third highest of the week. Um, I know uh, there are a couple games that don't have um, point totals posted yet, but right now, third highest of the week. Uh, you know, having someone besides Travis Kelsey uh, to throw to seems to have helped Alex Smith produce a bit. Um, uh, I don't know if the downfield thing is here to stay, but it's pretty nice, I have to say. And um, so, but the one thing to worry about about Carson Wentz is his splits when the Eagles are underdogs versus when they're favored. When they're underdogs, he averages three fantasy points uh, less per game, which is um, which is, brings him down to 15 and a half points per game in those situations. Uh, so if if for if I'm forced to choose, uh, I am going Alex because he's at home and he's favored with the and the Chiefs have the fourth highest implied Vegas total of week two. Um, and one more thing about Alex, uh, since 2013. He's averaged 20 fantasy points per game in Chiefs wins, which is not, you know, a, a weak winning total, but you would take it, right? Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, another guy that I think people can, can target is, uh, our top streamer from last week was Sam Bradford. Uh, he threw nine deep balls against new Orleans in week one when he averaged fewer than five, uh, per game in 2016. Now I, I talked about this a lot, actually entering the season that Sam Bradford was, was sixth lowest had the sixth worst air yards per attempt last season. Uh, but he was sixth best in completion percentage on those deep balls. So the Mm -hmm. reason why he didn't do more, from a fantasy standpoint or from a real standpoint is because he wasn't throwing the ball downfield enough. And I think a lot of that had to do with the offensive line. So then you get him in a, in a game against new Orleans where they're not putting a lot of pressure on him and he's able to do what he did. I mean, he, th- he was throwing dimes against new Orleans. I like yeah. some of those passes were some of the best passes that I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm not even kidding. It was, it was out. Of, he had one to Adam Thielen where like, I swear it went through a defender's body. Like I have no idea how it how it hit him. Was this the one where he was hit from behind? Yeah, yeah. I I I was just dumbfounded when I saw that highlight. I was like, I don't really understand because, as you know, I was playing softball last night yes. and checking in on the game obsessively as the game went on. But here here's so that that's kind of my fear for Sam Bradford. I think a lot of people look at the matchup and they say this is going to be a cakewalk or this is a plus matchup. Uh, it's going to be a high scoring game more than likely or or it it could be a high scoring game because the Steelers are always better on offense at home. Uh Ben Roethlisberger is always a lot better at home. Um but I think that we have to look at what the Steelers are as a defense comparing that to the Saints. And the Steelers are a lot better defensively than the Saints are. And the number one thing is that in the middle of last season and into this year, they started blitzing a lot more. Mm-hmm. And that's scary from my perspective with Sam Bradford this this week because that offensive line, if it starts to cave, because that's their biggest weakness on offense, if that starts to cave, then all of a sudden he doesn't have time to get those deep balls off. So while I do like Sam Bradford, I actually might like this next guy more this week, Denny. Who's that? And that guy is Carson Palmer. Oh boy, we are we're doubling down, folks. So again, he didn't have a good week one. If you go and, and look at, at at the interceptions that he threw, uh, a couple were tipped. I mean, it really wasn't. I, I don't think his performance was as dreadful as what the box score showed with those three interceptions. With that being said, I don't love the fact that David Johnson is no longer active and on the team because I sounded like he got cut or something uh, yep. because because of that wrist injury. Um, I, I do think that that's a little bit scary to roll Carson Palmer out because all of a sudden they have, you know, I think Rich Rebar tweeted this. They have an offense that's running through a 34-year-old slot receiver in Larry Fitzgerald. Wow. That, that That's scary. But, but I you know, I hate to go back to this deep ball thing, <clears throat> but we know that Arizona's offense loves to push the ball deep. That's what Bruce Arians' offense is all about. If you look at last week, Jared freaking Goff in week one, against a Vontae Davisless Colts secondary was five for six on deep balls for 126 yards and a touchdown. Jer- Jared Goff did that. Uh, it, well, it, it was the idea of Jared Goff. Sure, yeah. sure. The idea of Jared Goff did that. Uh, so I, if, if you look at how that matches up to what the Cardinals like to do, I'm all about Carson Palmer this week. I think that he that, that Larry Fitzgerald could go nuts. I think John Brown could go nuts. I think J.J. Nelson could have a big play. Like I, I'm, I, I think that there is a lot of upside with Carson Palmer, especially because if they do get in the red zone and when they get in the red zone, they're not going to probably rely that heavily on their running backs. They're going to need to throw the football um, and, and throwing the football against a secondary as bad as the Colts. Jim Saunas had a, had a stat. I wish I could, I wish I had it in front of me, but the differences with, with the Colts last season 
with and without Vontae Davis were were alarming. They had, a, I think it was, they allowed a nine to one touchdown interception to interception ratio when Vontae Davis was off the field. And when Vontae Davis played a game, it was an 18 to seven touchdown interception ratio, like just completely different. So that's a huge reason why I like Carson Palmer this week. And I think in DFS, he's going to have really, really low ownership because everyone's going to look at what he did last week and he doesn't have David Johnson anymore. They're not going to want to put money up behind that. Yeah, no, I mean, he's, he's like the contrarian play of all time after, after that performance, he, he, he looked terrible. I mean, just, just, just watching him play and, and hopefully, like you said, hopefully the Cardinals don't decide to run their offense through the great Kerwin Williams uh, yeah. in the meantime. Yeah. So, so we'll see. I, I think that, that Palmer to me is, is my favorite streamer this week, but it's not by much. You can make the case, you know, I think that in these instances, you just kind of go with what you're what your intuition and what your research is saying. If you like Sam Bradford more, if you like Carson Wentz more, if you like Alex Smith more, go with them. There's, there's, there's not a clear streamer this week. Like there kind of was last week. I, you know, it's going to take a lot for me not to hate Deshaun Kaiser. And I know we just talked about all the horrible things that could happen. And yes, the Ravens defense, here's, here's what could happen. I, I, in because of, uh, Deshaun Kaiser's rushing potential, he rushed, I believe six times, on, on Sunday, uh, including a touchdown, um, which is always in play. Uh, he, he could post decent numbers, and the Baltimore defense could post decent numbers. So if you're in, you know, like a like a deep league and people are hoarding quarterbacks, um, I would roll him out. Yeah, I think that he's a, he's a stash in deep leagues for sure, too, just because he has that Konami effect. And he right. got that rushing touchdown in week one. Um, at tight end, I'm going to kick things off going with, uh, Kobe Fleener again. He's still owned, uh, and not a ton of, of ESPN.com leagues. Um, you know, I think the biggest downside with Fleener is that in week one, he only played 52% of new Orleans snaps. Uh, but he still saw six, six targets. Like I said, 54 yards, five receptions, a touchdown. Um, I mentioned again that without Willie Sneed, he played a much bigger role um, against Atlanta in that one game that Willie Sneed missed last season. And in that game, what's interesting to me is that there was a very strong negative game script uh, for New Orleans. Um, and, and Atlanta crushed them, and it was a really high-scoring game. And you might see that again this week in the Superdome, which is where fantasy, is, where fantasy dreams come true, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in the Superdome against New England, uh, I, I think that there could be a negative game script. I think there could be a lot of passing from Drew Brees. Uh, I think Kobe Fleener is a is a tight end one option this week. For sure. I I mean, as long as Snead is out, I think that he's viable. Yeah, agreed. All right, Danny, um, go ahead. My my guy. I'm just going to keep talking about him. I'm going to keep talking about uh, Charles C. Clay. I actually don't know if his middle initial is C, it has to be C. C C C. Chucky Chucky C. Chucky Clay. So he's available in 87% of ESPN leagues, uh, despite the propaganda that we've distributed via this podcast. Uh, the Bills are at Carolina. Uh, so I'm just going to talk about matchup first, okay? I'm going to get to the other stuff in a second. So uh, matchup-wise, uh, Carolina allowed five tight end receptions in week one against the Ghost of the 49ers, uh, which falls in line with the 4.9 receptions per game that Carolina allowed to tight ends in 2016. Uh, and then there's the touchdown upside. Only the Browns last year gave up more touchdowns to tight ends than the Panthers did. Um, 
So not only does Clay have that going for him, but here's here's a thing. Here's a thing that I saw on the internet today. Uh, here are the targets from last week's game uh, between the Jets and the Bills. Charles Clay, nine targets. Uh, LaShawn uh, McCoy, six targets. No one else saw more than four targets, okay? I, I think that the wide receivers for Buffalo uh, totaled four catches. Mm-hmm. So the ball is uh, not being put up very often, and I don't think that's a shock, but it, they, they're hammering the middle of the field, and like we said, that offense can produce uh, very reliable tight end production. Now, I mean, nine targets in a game where Buffalo had the lead for basically the entire game. And and I think that's a great sign for him going forward. I think he's he's on his way. If he's not already there, Clay is an every week fantasy starter in twelve in twelve team league. So I, I'm I'm picking him up everywhere again. Yeah, I mean I think trust is a big issue or a big thing with Charles Clay right now because you have Zay Jones and Jordan Matthews who haven't played a lot with Tyrod Taylor. And mm-hmm. Charles Clay is kind of the, the, the guy that, that he has the most trust in. So it makes sense to me. Yep. Um the guy that I'm, I want to mention, and I think that that people are going to turn off the podcast when I do, is Jared Cook. I'm turning it off right now. I don't. Jared Cook I'm is done. is playing against the same team that Charles Clay just lit up last week in the Jets. And last week against Tennessee, he had five targets, five catches, had a decent game. Uh, there's not a lot there in Oakland to throw to. I mean, you have your your two towers at wide receiver. And then you have Jared Cook. Seth Roberts will steal a, steal a touchdown because he loves to do that. Seth Roberts mm-hmm. is so bad. I have no idea why people think that that he's good or or a he, thing. He's annoying. He's just it's annoying. just it's annoying. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. But, by the way, we had JJ talk about Jared Cook so that you would take Jared Cook seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but the with with Jared Cook, he um you know he didn't play an insane amount of snaps or anything, but. He's playing the Jets. It's a good matchup. Super high implied team total for Oakland. Uh, that's what you're targeting. You're targeting good mm-hmm. offenses who are going to score points, and you kind of hope that a touchdown happens. And th- in this case, the matchup is certainly there. So I think that in a deeper league, as a deeper play, you can go with Jared Cook. So he's below Charles C. Clay. Yes. Yes. I think okay. he's below Charles C. Clay. So to recap, Kobe Fleener, Jared Cook, Charles Clay at quarterback. Carson Palmer, Sam Bradford, Carson Wentz, and Alex Smith. And at defense, Tampa Bay, Oakland, and B. Moore. That's Baltimore. Oh, thank you. Thank Some you. I, I, I wasn't uh, aware. So we got a lot more questions this week, Denny. Okay. Uh, this first one is at AWJ101. Should I trade my whole roster for Kenny Galladay or my whole roster and all of next year's picks? I think that's reasonable. I mean, uh, I would do it. I think I would do it too. There's a lot of questions that I favorited that I want to read because they were funny. They made me like audibly laugh out loud. Next one at Hokey Forever Twenty Three. Kirk Cousins or live the stream. Cousins gets the Rams. Oh God, I don't know because the Washington is such a flaming garbage heap right now. I don't under. I, I I'm scared of for Washington's offense. I would probably still play Kirk Cousins over the streamers, but. I think you can make a case for a lot of the the quarterbacks. Yeah, that that whole I feel like the whole Washington offense has a terrifying floor from like weekly floor just because there's it's just total discompobulation there. I I don't even I don't even know if Jordan Reed can survive what's coming, which I think is just total apocalypse. 
I really hope. Well, actually, now that I think about it, it's a it's a Sean McVay game, huh? Oh. And he knows that offense. He does. That's kind of scary. I didn't think about that until just right now. Oh, then when the narrative hits. Right? When the narrative hits, then you guys heard it hit live. Uh, <laughs> the other question, though, was Ebron or Live the Stream? I actually love Eric Ebron this week. He gets the Giants, and the Giants uh, are, are, are not great. Uh, at defending the tight end position, as we saw with Jason Witten in week one. Jason Witten tears them apart. He does. He, it's the only time that you can start Jason Witten in fantasy is against New York. Right. I mean, that's the only time that he has a ceiling, we should say. Because yeah, otherwise right. he has the weekly floor, and he's you know he's, he's fine from that perspective. But, yeah, I mean, it's he, he, he lights them up every single time he plays them. Uh, next question is from at Grizzly Blair. So our buddy Matt Blair, he says, Hey, guys. Has Tariq Cohen surpassed Walter Payton as the greatest Bears running back of all time? Um, I ta- I said on the accounts today that we would run the numbers. We have run the numbers, and the numbers say yes. He is clearly the greatest Bear of all time. Can you believe the like that all of that happened in Week One with Tariq Cohen? I can't, and I don't. I I honestly I don't know what to make of it. I don't know if he's. If I mean, he could be like the biggest waste of a waiver wire pick ever, or he could be like a fantasy savior or with nothing in between. I don't know. Yeah, he had 12 targets on 21 routes run. And that's not sustainable. No, for not anyone. at all. For, not not for, even uh, close. They're going to they're going to. Uh, you know, he's going to rack up 130 targets this year while while playing barely part time. It just it doesn't. And not even Darren Sproles did that in his heyday in New Orleans. The thing that drove me nuts most today were people saying I, I, at first I said, get Buck Allen over to Cohen off the waiver wire. But with with Danny Woodhead only out four to six weeks, I probably would would get Cohen over Buck Allen now. But regardless, when I tweeted that out, I had people respond and say, but what if I have Jordan Howard? Guys, if you have Jordan Howard, that actually makes it more enticing to get Buck Allen and not Tariq Cohen. Because when in God's name are you going to play Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen in your lineup in a given week? When would you uh, do you, when would you do that? When, well, first, you are exas, ex, exasperated, I have to say. That's a, uh, it's I, the I, most I, ridiculous thing I've ever heard. You're playing two Chicago Bears running yeah. backs in the same lineup. Yeah, right. Uh, um, yeah, here's here's the process for how that would, would go. Uh, I want to play two running backs from the team with the Vegas total of 19 points. <laughs> what, is, what is the boy doing that? What like? And then and then I said that I tweeted that and then someone responds, well, it sure worked out in week one. And I'm like, that's not oh, the point, dude. Wow. That is not the point. Wait, when the when the results hit. Yeah, there. when the results yeah. hit. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you're and you're high. You're, you're high as hell. <laughs> exactly. It's like like you, that, that's not the way you know, you have to think of things, guys, from the perspective of what is predictable and what makes sense when I'm going into a given week, not after the week is over. That's not how this works. <laughs> That's, uh, like, it worked out week one. Like what, is that, like, what is that tweet? Please, I I pray that my league mates forever and ever look at week one and say, it worked out in week one. I'm, <laughs> that, that's the worst comment I've ever heard about fantasy football. I just, I, like, I... I I don't mind Tariq Cohen. I think that, you know, everyone's saying, oh, they don't have wide receivers and blah, blah, blah. I get it. He can see volume out of the backfield, but like, like he's not a handcuff to Jordan Howard guys. He's, he weighs like 30 pounds less than I do. 
Like the dude, he weighs less than you do, Denny. I mean, he is a he is a tiny dude. How much does he weigh? He weighs like a hundred. I mean, he weighs like one hundred and seventy nine pounds. So I have I have like twenty twenty to twenty five pounds on him. He weighs more than I do. For God's sake. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're you're a you're a tiny tiny little I'm boy. Tiny. I'm five ten. If <laughs> My my doctor told me one time I was I came in to the, for a physical I was like 172 and she shows me a chart and I was on the I was borderline obese. Yeah, the BM, BMI charts are man they they get you. I was like, excuse me, I'm what? Yeah, uh, man. like what what does that what does that make? Uh, I don't know everyone I know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I mean. Uh, it was uh, it, it put me on tilt for uh, you know six weeks. Yeah, you so. didn't you didn't eat for for you went you went on a, a, a you went fasting for two weeks. No, I have to I have to say that the doctor quickly said you're fine, but she just wanted to show me the, the chart is just ludicrous. I have to say yeah. I don't know any doctors out there. Please feel free to inform. I'm I'm ignorant as hell on this topic, but I just I all I know is that I got really mad about that that chart that said that. It, 172 and 510 was borderline obese yeah bmi charts are real man they're they're real they use them but but they don't factor in a lot of things because they're not looking at like your your muscle mass and stuff like that and i know that i know that you're you're just hitting the gym hard i'm rippling well i'm not wearing a a cutoff shirt like you are right now that's true i'm not i mean let me let me tell you folks i am witness to a gun show during this (laughs) podcast i'm looking at jj's guns right now and i'm i'm blushing i'm blushing i'm blushing now denny you're too much (laughs) next one at i am bis tube drop hunter henry i definitely got that one wrong drop hunter henry would you hunter henry did nothing in week one (laughs) He's like, okay, I don't, I don't know what to say. He didn't get a target. He barely played. Uh, what, what? But, but what can you? Do? You, have, you have to drop him in redraft. You have to. I, I mean, I would hold on and see what happens next week. I wouldn't just drop Hunter Henry right now. But I think it's I, the the Chargers game plan was really weird because I thought they would just funnel all, all their targets to tight ends like they do against D- Denver yeah. every time they play them. So me too. I, I don't I don't understand what happened with Hunter Henry in week one. I don't think you drop him yet, but I think that if you drafted Hunter Henry like I did in the in the LTS league, I got a, a good goose egg from Hunter Henry in week one. But my nice. my LTS team is out of control anyway, so it's fine. I still. What do you mean out of control? How'd you do this week? I got a victory, Denny. Don't talk. Don't start talking junk. I'm ahead of you in the in the standings. What? what but I. I scored a bunch of points. I don't understand how this happened. I think I'm six. I think I scored six more points than you did this week. Oh, that's because I benched Legarrette Blunt and his very predictable re- receiving <laughs> touchdown. Yes, of course, of course. No, in the LTS league, my team stacked because I had I drafted Kareem Hunt before the Spencer Ware injury. Oh yes, you're just a jerk. I, I uh, well, so when did you get him? Six rounds, something like that. No, so? I got him in like the. I, someone can go back and listen to that draft show, but I remember because I was kind of close to the turn. And I thought and it was when we were talking. I think it was when like when like t- Tom went to take a dump or something. And, 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 uh, while that was happening, um, there was a, at the turn, I said, I'm getting Tevin Coleman here, even though I like this other guy more. And then as it came around, I, I was able to get Kareem Hunt cause that was my other target at the turn there. I see. I see. So, uh, but no, I don't think Tom was going to the bathroom. I think he was, uh, getting another $400 bottle of champagne. Oh uh, yes. Yes. Of course. 
Uh, this next one is Alex Gelhar, our buddy Alex. He says, what's the best Arby's meal to order after streaming Brian Hoyer in week one? Do you have any? Man. There were Denny, we got so many Arby's mentions this week. More Arby's mentions than we've ever had uh, combined. I, um, we need Arby's. If you're listening or anybody who works at an Arby's, we want your sponsorship, please. We want you to sponsor this show. I'm looking up the Arby's menu right now because I, I, I meant to do this. So I think uh, after streaming Brian Hoyer, which, you know, questionable. Yeah, questionable play there. Um, uh, I think you 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 need to go with uh, the Angus steak sandwich, which <laughs> looks which looks just like. I mean, I, I might have to just go like sit on the toilet for an hour after the show, just looking just <laughs> looking at this Angus steak situation. My God, the Angus steak situation. That's better than the idea of Jared Goff. Yeah. <laughs> Angus, Angus steak situation is my stage name also. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and then that's right next to the, to what looks to be some sort of Americanized gyro that, uh, is actually churning my stomach right now. I can't, I can't with the, the Angus steak situation as your stage name. What, what do you, what, what do you do on stage? Are you a singer, magician? The magician would be great as the, the play- Angus steak situation. No, I play the electric flute. I don't know if you if you have seen that. I'm just so I uh, one of our guilty pleasures. My wife and I we watch America's Got Talent, mm-hmm. and I, I'm just picturing them like introducing the Angus Steak situation. I'd <laughs> oh, be so good. I, I I'm an artist, JJ. You don't understand. <laughs> this next one at Slick Willis. I bet a guy at work five dollars a week. My, or uh, sorry, I bet a guy at work five dollars a week that my quarterback will outscore Brady. I'm streaming. I'm up five dollars right now with Jared Goff. Am I gonna lose money? Oh, I I mean it depends. If it's a ten team league, then I'm saying no. You will not lose money. I, I think he's gonna lose money. <laughs> Oh really? I think he might. I think he might. Week one, week one though. Good on you. Good thing that you didn't play Carson Palmer though. I don't. Although did Carson Palmer score more than Tom Brady in week one? Because Tom Brady didn't didn't throw a touchdown pass. Uh, yes, I believe he did. I'd have to. I'd have to check. Anyway, it it depends. If it it depends on how much you're deducting for interceptions. Because I'm in leagues where it's minus one for interceptions, and he didn't. He scored like twelve points in those. I'm in some leagues where you you get points for interceptions. Oh, well, that's that's special. Yeah. Next, I'm really not. Next one, at that Federici. You guys are, look, these handles are too much for me today. General, general thoughts on free agent auction budget strategy. Spend 70 to 80% on just a couple of players per year or be conservative with your dough. I think it's dependent on what's going on, right? Like, I know it's a lame answer, but I don't think there's like a, like a, an auction draft strategy like that because there's no formula for what goes on in the waiver wire each season. Exactly. Also, I think that it depends on how desperate you are. Like if you're really hurting at a position and there's a guy clearly who's fallen into massive opportunity, then there's no re I, you know, there's no reason from my standpoint to not just go all in. Uh, But, but if you're, if your team is structured in a way where you're not, you're not absolutely desperate for uh, a plug and play, then um, maybe a conservative approach is better. Mm Mm-hmm. Next one at Clark three one seven nine. Are you only podcasting this week to brag about last week's picks? 
Yes, actually, we were actually not going to do it if if everything went downhill. We were going to we were going to end the podcast altogether if week one was bad. So you mentioned the downhill thing just now because I I sent that tweet out last night and I said everything's downhill, but I realized that it's really technically that everything's uphill from here because it would be more difficult, right? Yeah, it depends. Yeah, that that you know what that's like. Kind of pissed like me some... off when someone brought that up. Well, well, the downhill uphill situation to me is like when. When you're talking about turning up the air conditioning or turning down the air, like when you say you're turning down the air conditioning, do you mean you're turning down the temperature or you're turning, <laughs> turning down the force of the air or what? What are you? Right. What are you talking of the system? I I can never I can never get that straight with who I'm communicating with. Hey, can you turn up the air? Right. They, they don't know what I mean because you could be so you could I, be turning up the actual air conditioning system, which would make it cooler in your house. Yeah. Right. Or or if am I asking? You know, and this is a real question. Am I asking turn up the damn temperature of right, the air? Right. And and so there's no so it takes fifteen back and forths to be like, I want it to be colder in here. Yeah, just turn it to sixty nine. Always put it at sixty nine degrees and you'll be good. Yeah, that's so gross. I have a family. <laughs> Next one at Cam Scott Clark. We have two Clarks in a row. If this is a good question. This is a really good question. If Denny had a disease that caused complete hair loss but could be successfully treated by drinking one IPA every day, would he do it? Yeah. Yes. I, I, I definitely, I would do it. I would do it gleefully. How, uh, how many, I, how many IPA, how many IPAs would, would it take until you would not do that? Well, mostly I would be, I would be, uh, worried about, I mean, IPAs are really heavy, right? Yeah, uh, you get, I, I, mean, I drink, I drink a lot of session IPAs though. Those are lower in alcohol content. You should try out some sessions. All right. All right. They're so good. I, so I would go up to, oh man, God, I've almost feel embarrassed saying this, but to, to prevent this fictional disease that is cured by an IPA. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. I mean, this, this podcast has just gone off the rails completely. Um, I would drink up, oh God, I would drink up to four a day. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. We, someone, someone needs to come up with a disease that, that this, that this happens, but 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 past that, I feel like it would impact my 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 quality of life because I would just always be drunk and hungover. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It's fair. It's fair. I get you. You would you would gain a tolerance and then you start enjoying IPAs. I guess. Next one at Chris Allen FFWX. What's an offense you still have hope for after a terrible Week One performance? Any pop in your mind? Well, I mean the Steelers. <laughs> Yeah, the Steelers didn't look great offensively for a lot of that. I mean, if Antonio Brown didn't exist, the Steelers would have lost that game. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the Steelers are a good one. I think that I still have some hope with Washington, who we just talked about. Um, mm. But I think those are two teams that, that definitely pop out. Uh, oh, also, Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, uh, Tennessee, I think. Tennessee is probably the, one of the best ones, actually. That's a good call to still still have some hope for them. Next one at Ryan Hester 13. This is an Irma themed question. He says, Mm -hmm. what would you do without electricity for an entire NFL Sunday? Assume limited cell use. You're expecting no power for days. Board games and reading stuff. Board games and reading stuff. Really, Denny? What what, what else can you, what else are you going to do? I don't know. Play like a, like find your game boy, play some game boy. Wait, wait, is there's no electricity? You can play Game Boy without electricity. Oh, oh, I, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were serious about Game Boy. <laughs> Did you ever play Game Boy back in the day? 
Yeah, yeah, my my parents got me one. Uh, my my brother and I fought over it like freaking cats and dogs. Do you remember? Um, do you remember Game Gear? Oh, was that the big Sega thing? Yeah, like it was like the size of my head, and and like it was clunky, but it was it had color to it. Yes, I used to play Madden. I think Madden on on Game Gear. Is that possible that I, I did no that? Idea. I played I played a lot of Sonic on Game Gear. It, it, that the Game Gear. All I remember about Game Gear is it chewed up battery life. Yeah. I mean, it. You were done with those like four double A's. You were done in an hour. That thing was massive. You like had to check your bag if you had a Game Gear at the airport. It, oh yeah, no, no. If you if you dropped it like on your foot, you'd have to have your foot removed. It <laughs> yeah. was, was people. There were there were lines of people at emergency rooms when Game yeah. Gear was popular because they just had to get so many feet amputated. Yeah, we're talking about an entire generation of American children who lost feet, <laughs> you know, from this from this massive <laughs> from, device from Game Gear. Thanks, Obama. Next one <laughs> at Eddie <laughs> underscore straight. Who's more of a savant for their week one calls, JJ Denny or Tony Romo? Did you see what Tony Romo did in week one? Yeah, that was uh, okay. I'm really trying to overcome my Romo hatred. Why do you hate Tony Romo? I don't know. Wait, did he we know this? No, he and yeah. I, have you talked ignored, about this? JJ, you have ignored my feelings on Tony Romo for years. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. I don't even know. Look, we we've we've just found out. You know, we got that question last week as to what we would fight about if we were married. This is it. Yeah, this is it. This is it. Why do you hate I, Tony Romo? I just find him so annoying i don't know just so irritating like he's just i don't know like i understand i i'm a marino truther and marino is the ultimate loser i get it uh but romo's really close really close to being the ultimate loser and i his numbers are great but holy crap that guy just but just reeks loser to but me but did you see did you see him did you see that one video that someone put together of all of the yeah. like he it was it was brilliant. It was insane yeah. what he was calling out. And it was it was like why isn't he on a, like coaching for a team right now? Yeah, I it was it was really impressive and I um as much as I just said I don't like Tony Romo, I look forward to hearing him call a game. Yeah. I think that it's it's interesting as hell. Uh the next one at uh chjp. You guys your handles are are amazingly difficult to read tonight it they're all very difficult yeah what why is that i don't understand guys you need to just get easier hand like late round qb like cd carter 13 it's not but that you know difficult. what you, you know what though we we joined that awful website a long long time ago no that's true. that's true and when everything was available so today i would have had to have like like uh c underscore d underscore c a r underscore tur you know <laughs> Yeah, but don't fool yourself. If you signed up today, it'd be sixty nine instead of thirteen. Yeah, well, yeah, I think it goes goes without saying. Yeah, right. Uh, how do you explain the benefits of streaming to a skeptical co co owner? Mm. I think it's like it's a situ. You know, it's if you want an analogy, because everyone wants my analogies, of course. Well, you're an expert at analogies. If you want an analogy, it's like if you are, you know, you're sitting at home and you're like, where do I want to get pizza tonight? And you can get pizza at the best place available that's out there. And it tastes good every time you get it, but it's pretty expensive. Or you can go online and get pizza that's almost as good of, uh, as that, but you're getting a coupon with that. And you're, you're not spending. Then you can, you can use the money that you didn't spend on that pizza 
and and get something else that you can have that you know some beer let's say so you can enjoy yourself more mm -hmm. with that beer that's yeah. what that's what streaming's like yeah I, I i i will leave it at that that is as good as you can explain it but mostly you have to overcome you have to help the person overcome their like i must have elite players at all positions yeah yeah next one at joshua silber what am i what am i doing with sergio dip in my fantasy sideline announcers league um <laughs> i don't know did, you, don't know did you see that that i felt so bad for him yeah i mean i i don't understand you know you why they would put him in that position yes yeah it was I, it was really really awkward yeah i felt bad i honestly felt bad for him i uh I mean, imagine, imagine, you know, being thrown on the sideline uh, of a of a game that's that's being broadcast in Spanish and being like, "Go ahead, right, right." <laughs> You're up. Like, to, if anything, he killed it. The dude is bilingual, yeah. so get owned, everyone else. Exactly. Also, I I loved loved that Rex Ryan was the worst part of that broadcast. Oh, he was so bad. He was, yeah. so, and and then everyone everyone of course blames the the female in the booth. I, I I don't recall her name, and I, I'm I want to punch myself in the face for that. But um, but she was she was very good, uh, and uh, and it is amazing how insecure some guys are in and feeling like their game has been invaded, you yeah, know, right. by an outsider. But right. it hasn't. She it's did a good job. She did a good it's job. being announced by a, a professional. Uh, so everyone relax. This next question is at a game of throws. I thought that this was just amazingly phrased. Should I stream Brady or Wilson until luck comes back? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, I, oh, I want to mention this real quick. Her name is Beth Moens. Right, right. Was a play-by-play -play announcer for Monday Night Football, Beth Moens. Um, I say stream Brady and then dump him. Yeah, then you just get rid of him. Uh, next one, at Ben Swabowski. Thoughts on those that microwave the same cup of coffee after it has gotten cold? I mean, you're talking about me. Yeah. First of all. Is so that, is that, I, are you, I mean, I do it with my tea because I'm, I'm at, we're both working from home. So it's really easy to do it. I, um, yeah, you said do it. Um, <laughs> I, so I, you know, being a, a dad, I often do the thing where I pour a cup of coffee and I take one sip and I go, that's good coffee. That's damn fine coffee, as uh, as uh, as uh, Agent Cooper would say on Twin Peaks. And then I put it down, and I come back to it 20 minutes later when it's undrinkable. So I put it in the microwave for get this 21 seconds. That's my time. Oh. 21 seconds. I I heat my 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 tea in the microwave. That's how I make my tea. I don't do that like that. I don't do the the tea kettle BS. And mm -hmm. I put it in the microwave. Two minutes and seven seconds. Uh, see, everybody has the the perfect timing, um, and so I have to heat it up, or I can't, or I'm never going to drink coffee. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, so I I don't think we're all psychopaths, is what I'm saying. Sure, sure. Next one at Kyle underscore sandwich. See, that's an easy one. Kyle sandwich. Oh. Yeah. I drafted Russell Wilson. To whom should I submit for my LTS flogging, and how screwed am I? I don't think you're screwed at all with with Russell Wilson. He he's he's on the road. They don't play as well on the road. I thought he was going to do a lot better. I think Russell Wilson's going to dominate this weekend against San Francisco. 
I still I still like him, and uh, we will flog you still if you you know if if that's what you would like as pen, penance for drafting a quarterback high. We're only going to be able to get to one more question or one more statement, I should say, because we're running out of time here. Uh, this is from at Chris underscore Marquis Marquis David Johnson owner IPA and Chase with bleach or bleach and Chase with IPA. Denny, did you lose? Did you lose some uh, David Johnson shares this weekend? I had him on uh, about ten uh, percent of my best ball teams, so it doesn't hurt too much. I don't have him on any redraft teams. That's good. I had him in my highest stake league, so this is fine. So, <laughs> so you're the you're the dog in the room full of flames, drinking bleach. Yes, at this point. yes. I really need Buck Allen to be. A, I did draft Buck Allen in like every single league that I'm in, so hopefully he becomes a thing in the meantime. But we'll see. By the way, I think I think the Woodhead injury uh, timeline is is optimistic. It, it seems like it always is, especially for something like what is it a hamstring for him? Yeah, I I, I would agree. I, I you know I, I I like I said I like Cohen more off the waiver wire uh, in in probably both both formats, but I do think that Buck Allen has more upside just because he could just take over as the three down back in that offense because Terrence mm-hmm. West isn't that great. And he's the primary pass catching back. And I saw, you know, I was tweeting, uh, and, and Evan Silva quote tweeted um, something that I, when I said that that earlier in the day when I would prioritize Buck Allen over Tariq Cohen, um, and there was some discussion back and forth about him taking the Woodhead role. That's what that's what Silva quoted it as. And and what he meant by that is that the Ravens target their running back so much. It's not as if this running back position. And, and and the pass catching ability from the running back position was only created because they got Danny Woodhead. They targeted mm-hmm. their running backs on over 20% of their throws last season. And over the last two seasons, only the saints have targeted their running backs more than the Ravens have. I understand that they've thrown the ball a whole lot, but the market share is certainly there. They don't have many pass catchers. So I do think Buck Allen still has a pretty high ceiling and I would still be adding him off your waiver wire. That's enough of me talking about Buck Allen though, Denny, why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? Before I do that, I just want to read off the week two kicker plays. Uh, oh, yes, yes. Yeah, I just want to, because people will, the people demand it, and who am I to say no? Uh, so these are guys who are in good spots. I'm just going to go down a list, no particular order. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, so Walsh to Vecchio, which of course translates to goat. Uh, <laughs> Nick Volk, uh, Gostkowski, Ku, Gano. Matt Bryant and Phil Dawson. Those are the kickers I like this week. Boom. Uh, also, we have a surprise for everyone, Denny. At the end of the show, at the end of the show, it's back by popular demand. The tilt montage. So, yes. Denny, you can find him at CD Carter thirteen. I'm doing it for you. Draftdayconsultants.com. All of the good <laughs> stuff. Gets his gets his kicker analysis on on Twitter. Is that good? Did I, right. did I do it right? Yeah, you did it fine. You can find JJ at late round QB and you can find all his number, all his work at numberfire.com. Beautiful. All right, guys, thanks for listening this week. And I will end it with the tilt montage. It's uh one Oh two PM Eastern time on Sunday. Uh, Eastern time being obviously the only legitimate time zone. I'm uh, I'm not I'm not near a TV. Um, today is a day where I will be I will be uh, caring for my children, uh, which is it's good as week one. Uh, so it's it's a good day. It's a good day. Hold on one second, Xavier. 
it's a it's a good day for my wife to have a uh, a bridal shower to go to uh, far away from our house, um, and uh, so it's um, me with the kids all day, um, and I'm going. We had to go to the grocery store too because we um, we literally have no food uh, right now. So uh, what do you think, of, yes. Xavier? Xavier, what what do you think about this arrangement, Xavier? Mm, good. Is it good? Yeah. Are you sure? Yep. Could it be a disaster? No. Do you want to watch? Do you want to watch? Do you want to watch football with me? No. No, of course you don't. I'm tilting. That's that's what's happening. It's uh, one thirteen Eastern time. Allen Robinson is hurt. Apparently, I'm tilting, tilting bigly. I'm tilting so much it hurts. What did you do if I fell? I'm just, I'm talking to the phone because it makes me feel better. It's 1.36 p.m. Eastern Time, and I just want to say that, you know, Carson Palmer is quite the fantasy force today, a negative points into the uh, late, late into the first quarter. You know, play, play Carson Palmer, they said. It'll be fun, they said. I'm here to report that it has not been fun and that I'm tilting. Three straight drops by Amari Cooper in the end zone. I'm fine. I, I'm fine. I, I actually find this funny. I find it funny. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all. Three straight drops by Amari Cooper. Three straight, three straight, three straight, three straight. Uh, it appears that the corpse of Jesse James has not one but uh, two touchdowns today against the Browns. Uh, so that's fun. Uh, definitely didn't remove him from all my DFS lineups at some point this week. So uh, the thing I'm not doing is I'm not tilting. I don't know what you've heard otherwise. Please, God, help me. It's uh, 3.10 p.m. Eastern Time. We are at the park, me and the kids. And I just realized that I feel a little bit like Dale Cooper from Twin Peaks uh, talking to Diane via recording. Uh, which, you know, I don't hate because Dale Cooper's the goat. Um, but uh, I feel a little bit like I should be Instead of talking about my Sunday afternoon fantasy football tilt, I should be saying, uh, Diane, remind me to look up what kind of trees these are. Gorgeous. Just beautiful. And saying something about damn good coffee. I'm tilting. And it's uh, 4.35 p.m. Eastern Time, the only legitimate time zone, as you might know. I'm um, I'm currently uh, not watching football. Uh, Boss Baby is on the TV. I'm uh, following Twitter a little bit just to feel alive, get the tilt going. I'm making um, waffles for the kids. Oh, it's beeping now. Yep, that's the toaster. I'm making waffles because, um, like I said, we have no food in the house. I haven't been able to go to the store yet. <coughs> Um, so please send help, uh, when you can. Um, but everything is as terrible as I could have ever imagined it would be today. I could not be worse. Uh, the field goal 
kicker uh, picks are just flaming, you know, garbage dumps at this point. Um, the only thing worse than my kicker picks, my Twitter account, and my quarterback picks, followed then by my tight end picks. Closely behind that would be my defense picks. So um, wide receivers doing okay today. Um, but uh, I'm not really tilting all that hard because uh, actually Boss Baby is, is, de- is a delightful little movie. It's basically Alec Baldwin, uh, Alec Baldwin's character from 30 Rock as a baby. It's 5.37 p.m. Eastern Time. It's bath time. Help me. I'm just going to let this thing run, all right? I'm tilting. What? Huh? All right. All right, baby. You ready for your bath? Hello. I'm just like, Daddy's just like an old man. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> All right, let's, let's, oh, oh. Let's get in the bath. All right, who has the shark? Me. There it is. And who has the scuba diver? Me. There it is. Should I play Randall Cobb today? What's that? What's Randall Cobb? Should I play him? Or, yeah. or should hey. I play him? You're right. I should have played Randall Cobb today. That would have been good. Uh, how about Carson Palmer? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. You're as good at fantasy as I am. Until then. It's 7.10 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, I'm uh, coming back from the grocery store. I went by myself. Did not take the kids because my wife, who left me, came back home just temporarily to uh, give me reprieve so I could go to the grocery store. So here's what I know about what's happening right now. The Rams have a lot of points. Their defense is doing well, I believe. Graham Gano who I was recommending is okay right now. Mostly I'm just listening to Led Zeppelin. Which is a great anti-tilt medicine if if you want to try it. College Rock Kings. Yeah, and then there's the DJ, the annoying DJ. All DJs talk the same, right? Hey, hey, hey! What if, what if JJ and I did that? Living the stream. Hey, welcome to Living the Stream! We're here to give you subpar picks. Ha ha ha! Let me tell you something about the bank. It's boring. Ha <laughs> Let me tell you something about my existential crisis. It's extreme! <laughs> Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the team.